Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura. And before we get into this week's topic, we kind of wanted to lead off with a little bit of discussion. Obviously, I think most podcasts, most public figures, most everyone is talking about uh, what's going on with George Floyd and policing, not just in America, but around the world. Uh, institutional racism, all of those kinds of topics. Um, Obviously, we did that topic in our last episode, episode five. We definitely encourage you to go back and listen to it It in the context of Akima Lu. But Morgan and I were just talking about what we wanted to do for this episode. And we both felt that it's important to talk about sports and talk about something that we'd wanted to talk about for a while and kind of keep things a little light this week not because we're ignoring what happened because that's certainly not the case and if you look on our Instagram that's very not the case but just because Morgan I think you can explain this well why don't you take this part yeah so I've even struggled with it this week and like I, I saw something on Tumblr that really like made me feel better about dealing with even like guilt because obviously you want to stay informed and you want to stay engaged with what's happening because it's important and it's a heavy conversation but necessary but also like mental health is important too and it's okay to take a break from deep dive and learning and reading and taking in all the information like you can be invested in heavy stuff while also take some time for frivolous things of like going on Pinterest and looking at outfits or talking about sports. Like your brain needs that. You, you need a break from it just to like stay sane. And so we wanted a more lighthearted episode. It's what we had planned last week, but we decided to take the week off, but we're still staying engaged. Um, I've been posting on our Instagram, different podcasts to listen to um, that are hosted by um, black people and like all different kinds of podcasts not just sports but and other podcasts that deal with racism and anti-racism and like good conversation that we should all listen to and have a diverse podcast listening experience um but we also wanted to do something a little lighthearted because it does get deep and you know mental health is important and we talk about that a lot too um, so I will just say our frequently cited uh, friends, the Steve Dangle podcast, yes. um, they have two really great episodes on this because their producer, Jesse, is black and he has a lot of really great insights. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's also a person with a really Im- immense amount of grace. So I found that really powerful to listen to. And he has been campaigning hard against EA, the video game platform for all of the racist usernames they're allowing through and EA actually came through the other day and said we're making changes so it's really great episodes to listen to they're titled Black Lives Matter and then Black Lives Still Matter so I think those are both great and also just obviously if you can donate definitely donate but if not even something like I know there's a YouTube video where there's ads a ton of ads that you have to watch but the ad revenue is going towards those different causes so even if you don't have money to donate that's a great thing supporting black business black owned businesses that kind of stuff so definitely stay informed this is not us doing anything to say you shouldn't be informed and you shouldn't be doing things because we want to do that and we definitely encourage you 
And I just made a, because I realized I was sharing it in stories, which is helpful within a 24-hour mark, but not, obviously, it goes away. So I made a highlight on our Instagram, um, since you can only, you can't have long highlight names for some reason. I made it BLM Voices, so it's kind of obvious what it's talking about. Um, I I thought I had shared, because I saw Jesse posted on Instagram, and I think it was like books and podcasts and mm-hmm. documentaries, and I believe I shared it. I'm going to add that to a highlight, too, if I didn't already. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse's been really doing a lot of great stuff, so definitely yeah. he's awesome. Um, so with that, I guess I'll tee up. There's no great way to pivot from this, yeah. but I'll tee up what we had come up with. So um, obviously, if you listen to the show for any length of time, my favorite sport is hockey. Morgan's favorite sport is baseball. And so we thought, what a cool, like, fun thing, because baseball has 30 teams and hockey has 31. And so it's, like, kind of basically same amount of teams. If we each gave a one player, like, our favorite player for literally any reason, it could be, like, the best player. It could be, like, funny, whatever. Well, there's going to be – I have a lot of different reasons. And something I thought about this is that, like – for all these different areas if you're like looking for a team you get to get into or stuff like that that this might give you some insight a little bit of insight into the different teams so um, I will say some teams are going to be easier than others some yeah. teams it was hard to narrow it down to one some teams I'm like ooh, who, who am I least <laughs> yep <laughs> there were some teams I was like do I even know one player from that team <laughs> so um so I think I'll start since I have 31 and then yeah. that way we can just alternate. So I'm going in alphabetical order because that's where I got the list from. Okay. But um, so the first one is the Anaheim Ducks. It's not a great one to start with because they're not very good. But <laughs> I picked Adam Henrique. And there is one reason I picked Adam Henrique. He has a Reddit AMA from forever ago. <laughs> and it's hysterical. He like so embraced the personality. This is when he was on the New Jersey Devils. But he gave the password to the devil's wi-fi the like private arena (laughs) wi-fi he um he told a prank that he did against a teammate that apparently he'd never confessed to before and then he ended the ama with like just got a nasty text from my teammate who ratted me out like so (laughs) many funny things there's so many great times so definitely check that out adam henry it's on r slash hockey so if you go there and look for adam henry's ama legendary um, so I, my first, this was easier than, cause the first article I ever wrote for Lone Star Bomb, I did, I think it's called like the Never Rangers. Like I picked one player from each team that were Never Rangers that I wanted to be a Ranger. Um, except, but I did like a 25 man roster. So I had specifically, like I could only have certain number of positions. So I very much enjoyed this because I have like, eight short stops and 30 people rather than only 25. Um, I, at first I just wrote down the players I could think of off of each team that I wanted. And then I went into like an order of like by division. Um, so I'll just start with my uh, Rangers pick, which was very hard because obviously I love all of them. I want to keep all of them. Um, but I picked Elvis because he's the veteran on the team. I think if I'm not mistaken, he's now the, longest tenured tenured whatever that word is ranger um 
He's the only one left from the 2010 World Series, and I think 2011 World Series now. Um, and he's fun to watch. He's a great underrated shortstop. There is, there's a lot of talent at shortstops, but I would not trade Elvis for anyone. Um, and he's just gotten better even offensively. He's, like, hitting more home runs. He's fun to watch. I, I had to pick Elvis, even though I really wanted to pick, like, five others. I will just say. Hold on to the Elvis thought for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next for me is Arizona, and I picked the person who's nicknamed OEL or Oliver Ekman Larson. He is actually a really, really talented defenseman who gets a little underrated just because he plays for Arizona, which isn't exactly the most popular one. But the reason I picked him is because the ceremonial puck drop he did for uh, hockey versus cancer, they had some a kid with cancer come out to drop the puck, and he like stopped her and was like, "No, no, 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 no! I'll drop the puck. You take my stick." And it was the coolest thing. No Aww. one ever done that before. So definitely check that out. So Oliver's pretty awesome. That's that's my second one. Didn't he and Jamie like fight recently and? Whatever. It wasn't. It wasn't the like fight or something. It was the one where we were worried he was going to be suspended. Jamie was going to be suspended because he. <gasps> yes. Hit. Okay, that's right. Yep. Okay. This this is how I like memorize most hockey players that aren't stars. I'm like, oh, Jamie Ben fought him, right? Or they had some issue. Like there was something that happened with Jamie Ben related. Um. Okay. So my next person, I had to get Houston out of the way fast. And it's easy for me because they have Zach Greinke now. So obviously that's who I picked because he was just traded there this past year. So he had nothing to do with the cheating and he's my favorite human. And I was very bitter when he went to the Astros. Um, Zach Greinke, like, I, I know I've said this in at least two other episodes now. If you don't know about him, you have to go read. Like he has some of the best quotes. Um, and Molly Knight's book, uh, The Best Team Money Can Buy, it's about the Dodgers. Um, Grinky was with the Dodgers for three seasons, I think. Hilarious. You get, like, an inside, in, like, into his brain. Like, he is super honest, will always tell you the truth. And if he doesn't have an answer for you, he'll basically just not answer, walk away, and then come back with, like, an answer about what, like, you've already forgotten what you asked him, and he'll give you the answer. Um I think one of my favorite recent quotes is at spring training. He, like, I guess pitchers have, like, a week window where they can show up. He didn't know there was, like, a window. He thought there was, like, a certain date. And, like, he's been in the leagues for 10 seasons, if not a little more, a little less, something like that. And he was, like, had I known I could wait this long to come, I'd be doing this every season previously. I was, like, that's relatable. Um, there was also a story that came out last year where he, like, when he was first coming up and, like, he was told he was coming to the big leagues, he uh, told his minor league manager, he was like, well, what if I go down to, like, single A and become a shortstop? And the, co- and the coach was like, no, no, you're you're going up to the major league. And he was like, but I think I could be a really good shortstop. Like, it, it's it's a long story, but, like, it's just so funny that he was like, he wasn't joking either. It wasn't like, I'm just messing with my coach. I'm going to the big ladies. It was like, but I could be a good shortstop. And he's like, no, dude, you're a good starting pitcher. You're going up to the majors. But like, he just, like the things that he says, it's kind of just like that makes sense for him. But it's also like this ridiculous, perfect human is just great. 
I love everything about him except that he pay, plays for the Astros. Same. <laughs> I'm bitter, like, mostly because, like, a few, I think it was, like, 2012, 11, something like that, there was, like, rumors around the trade deadline that, ooh, the Rangers could get Zach Grinke, and, because he was with the Royals at the time, and he was, like, the big, like, starting pitching name at the trade deadline. I was like, please let us get him. And it was before I really knew that much about him. At that time, I was like, I just know he's a good pitcher. And he went to the Angels. And I was so bitter because they're in the division and don't like them. And they and then like every year since, I'm like, please come to the Rangers. And then he went to Houston. And it's just like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? Anywhere but there. Right? <laughs> oh. Next one is the Boston Bruins, which is low-key one of the harder ones for me because I really don't like the Bruins that much. Yeah. But I ended up picking Jake DeBrusque. Um, he's hilarious. He's so funny. Um, he was on Spit and Chicklets, and he gave, like, a full-on scouting report on Oreos. <laughs> and he was, like, ba- he basically, like, was insulting his own eating and, like, all of that nutrition. He's like, I I just really don't like water. I never have. So if there's, like, a Gatorade, I'm always drinking that. <laughs> and you also – another video recommendation, his father, Louis, was, like, a tough guy in the NHL and is now a reporter, like, ringside reporter for Sportsnet. And so his father interviewed him before a game, and it's so precious. And at the end, uh, Jake goes, love you, Dad. It's so cute. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, this sounds familiar. I remember that video is so cute. So Jake DeBrusque. Um, my next person is Andrew McCutcheon. He's with the Phillies. And... I, again, one of, like, the guys, I'm like, please just come to the Rangers. Um, he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates for a long time. And then I feel like he got traded, but now I could be remembering wrong. Anyway, last season he didn't play. He hurt his knee, and he was out for the whole season. Um, follow him on Instagram because he's hilarious. Like, the best baseball Instagram story person like he's hilarious his kid is adorable and he also posts him a lot on there um but one thing that sticks out to me and I think this is how I found his Instagram and started following him I think it was two years ago now um he was talking about um his team and I think the Dodgers I want to say had a uh bench clearing it wasn't a brawl because there wasn't really any punching or anything but you know a lot of baseball bench clearings are just kind of like pointing and yelling and he was talking about how he was in the outfield and like he was just like his his commentary on it like I've always wanted to know what players think in that moment especially the outfield because they have the longest way to run and by the time they get there it's kind of like over and he was talking about that how he like didn't really know what was happening and all of a sudden he's like the uh all of a sudden the bullpen pitchers are just going by me like, and then he goes, I guess I got to start running there too. And I'm not doing it justice. I'm sure it's on like YouTube or Twitter still. It's hilarious. He's also now my mom's favorite player. My mom follows him on Instagram as well. Loves him. I love going on Instagram and seeing my mom comment on like every picture saying, I wish you were a ranger. So he he's my pick. And I, I really highly recommend following him also on twitter good follow there too but instagram hilarious um so my next pick buffalo 
this was a little challenging just because Buffalo hasn't been good for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the years they haven't been good was Rasmus Dahlin was like the prize at the draft. And I do remember because for a while we thought his name was Dolan. And so the hashtag that year was hashtag fallen for Dolan for all the, the teams that were tanking, including Buffalo. And <laughs> Buffalo got him. And he is, I think, going to be a really talented defenseman. So definitely worth the watch just to see him evolve into someone who I think will be very elite. But also they went to Sweden this year and he is Swedish and it was so cute. Like they had one where they had a video where um, they were eating Swedish foods and he was with an American player <laughs> and he was like talking about how everything was so amazing and like, um, so a, a traditional dish in Sweden is obviously Swedish meatballs, but you usually have it with mashed potatoes or pasta and then lingonberries and they had it with pasta and lingonberries and the guy was like oh the the meatballs are great but the lingonberries are or eh. and he and he's like there's no meatballs without lingonberries and it was just <laughs> so cute and um he they went to a restaurant in Sweden and did a similar kind of review thing and so he's really funny and just kind of precious I love that um this is about the time when I had texted you and like, what's the parameters? And you were like, just one person from every team. Like that's, that's the only rule. And I was like, great. This makes my life so much easier. Um, because obviously there are a lot of Rangers, former Rangers that I want to pick off of the other teams. Um, so for the Cubs, I obviously picked you Darvish because I, I almost had Rizzo, but then I was like, my love for you Darvish is too strong. Um, cause he's, since he's, gotten more comfortable with like showing his personality on Twitter and stuff like hilarious I freaking love it he also has a YouTube channel um I haven't really watched a lot of them but it seems like he's kind of a vlogger which is adorable um and you know he came over to MLB through the Rangers and so like seeing him get more comfortable with like talking with media and stuff and like especially in English that was a big thing when he was with the Rangers. A lot of people were like, why does he have a translator if he understands English? But it's like a comfort thing. Like I was in Japan and knew some Japanese. I still would not be comfortable talking Japanese because I, I would sound like an idiot. I know it. So like, I totally get it. Like if he's not comfortable speaking full sentences in English, let him have a translator. And the 2019 spring training, he did an interview in all English and it was like, perfect and I was just like had such a like a proud moment of him I was just like oh, look at him he's comfortable now talking to media in full English and he sounds like great like there was nothing he didn't have because I know one of his worries was kind of like if he said something that's not like the right meaning or in the right way he was worried about how that would be taken but like I don't know just to see him grow from like little baby major league you Darvish to like comfortable talking in English making jokes on Twitter like one of his things um when uh Rizzo got a gold glove at first base he made a whole joke about how like he helped him get that because like he has to make him look good when he has to cover first base and Rizzo has to throw him the ball like it was just hilarious to see him joke around on Twitter with his teammate and uh, yeah I will say that we see that in hockey too with like Russian players yeah. where they don't necessarily talk a lot and it's, mm -hmm. it's because it's the 
I couldn't speak Russian at all. You right. Me try. So it is definitely, I understand that. Um, next, I think Morgan will be able to guess this one. It's the Calgary Flames. And Matthew Kachuk. Yep. I just, um, he's obviously a pest when he plays my team. It definitely is a little annoying, but he's so funny. He's so hilarious. And definitely, if you want, some good quarantine content um the kachuk brothers have this series with mm-hmm. sportsnet where they try different sports including their sister's field hockey which is hilarious yes. and love it and then the other thing i have to shout out so he's always the last he's an alternate captain on the team and he's the last player to go in after a win and so he high-fives everyone. Well, after he's done high-fiving everyone and the bully, David Riddich, if he won, is coming off. Uh, David Riddich, it's like a very choreographed thing. So he, Riddich will run him to Kachuk, jump. Kachuk will like lift him, or no, other way. They do this like thing and uh, Kachuk runs to Riddich. Riddich picks him up and then sets him down after a hug and then Kachuk hits Riddich's butt and then that's and then Riddich goes in and then Kachuk falls and it's like this very choreographed hug routine that is so cute (laughs) and so that's Matthew Kachuk perfect and like you want a pest on your team so makes sense um so my next player is from Colorado Rockies I was so close to picking Ian Desmond and I feel like a traitor for not doing that. But I picked Nolan Arenado because in my mind, if baseball was being played right now, he would be a ranger because I want him to be a ranger. Um, also, he's the best third baseman right now, has been for a while. But even when Beltre was playing, I, I, Beltre was number one. So, and Nolan Arenado has talked about how like Beltre is like who he admires and looks up to at third base. So obviously that makes me like Nolan Arenado even more. Um, and also this was still the point where I was going like, okay, I need a third baseman on my team. And, but I would have probably picked him no matter what. But uh, in my mind, if, if the pandemic had not happened, Nolan Arenado would be a ranger right now. And I, I will vouch when we still weren't sure. <laughs> what was going on it was even before we even knew what COVID was yeah. Morgan was talking to me a lot yeah about future ranger Nolan <laughs> <laughs> I really was because I was determined it was happening so um next one is the Carolina Hurricanes and I have to admit it was a little tempting to do a troll job on the Maple Leafs and say Hurricanes legend David Ayers but <laughs> since I decided it should like actually be real players on their team I went with Sebastian Ajo um mm-hmm. he's obviously really great he's a great player but on top of that he has this cute bromance with his Finnish compadre on the team uh, Tevo Teravainen and they're just always like making fun of each other and Finnish guys have this like really funny sarcastic sense of humor generally so like um Winnipeg was in town playing them and Patrick Laine is finished and plays for Winnipeg and so they were asking Aho about him and he he just like pops off with oh I heard he back checks now 
And it was like so <laughs> hilarious just to see him bash him. And also I really appreciated, so he, he was the offer sheet from the summer and he basically didn't, it was from the Canadians, but he basically didn't want to play for the Canadians, but he just didn't want to have these long contract dispute like all of the other RFAs ended up having. So he just signed the offer sheet fully expecting that the Hurricanes would match it, which they did, just because he's like, I want to be done with it. And they were really lowballing him. And it's like, and then they matched it, and it's done, and everyone was happy. And so I thought that was pretty brilliant. Um, my next pick is Los Angeles Dodgers. This one was also a tricky one for me because there are a lot of Dodgers, and I'm like, I would want them, namely Clayton Kershaw. But I went with Mookie Betts because, A, I forgot he was a Dodger because we haven't had actual baseball this season. So we haven't really seen him in a Dodger uniform outside of spring training. So I legit forgot that he was no longer a Red Sox. Sox, whatever, however you call it, a single person from the Red Sox. Um, so the I, the reason I picked him because recently there was a story that he – I think it was outside of Nashville is where he grew up and he paid for groceries at a local grocery store for, I don't know how many people it didn't say, but it was a large number of people. He paid for their groceries and then bought pizza for all the workers at the um, grocery store. So a, a small gesture, but a really good one nonetheless, especially I, cause we've seen a lot of people buy groceries for, uh, like athletes buying groceries in their local town for people at certain grocery stores. But I thought it was also nice that he thought of the workers there and bought them a meal. Cause you know, pizza, easy, simple, but like a very kind gesture. And the fact that he's really good at baseball also got him a spot on my make-believe team. I was listening to a Mets podcast cause it's kind of <laughs> funny listening to Mets podcast cause yeah. there's a lot of misery there. But they were talking about how crazy would it be? So if this season gets canceled, if they can't come to an agreement, then the Dodgers will have traded for Mookie Betts, who would then be a free agent if they if they count this year as service time, yeah. even though nothing's played. What a horrible! Yeah. That's why there's a lot of sticky things. It's funny because um, in one of uh, a group chat I have on Twitter with a couple other Ranger fans, we were all talking about one day like. Imagine all the one-year contracts every team has, like, like the Rangers just got a, uh, oh my God, I blanked on his name. Well, that's unfortunate for this story, but, like, like you have, like, just name, like, great trivia. Like, who was the one-year contract for the Rangers that never played? Like, you have so many of those, and it's just so bonkers like Mookie Betts could possibly not ever play for the Dodgers but he was a Dodger like it's wild to think about and the thing so the contract the one-year contract that might actually it would be like good trivia but it might be okay because then they just never end up paying them but yeah. like the Dodgers traded for him yeah well like, see, that would it's, suck. it's weird because baseball's guaranteed contracts so I'm mm -hmm. trying to figure out how that's all gonna work because like so, especially with contracts that also end this season, because mm -hmm. like Shinsu Chu's contract, is, this is the last year of his contract. So like, is it his last year? Does he become a free agent or do all the contracts just roll over to next year? Like, I'm interested to see what they do with that. And this was the thing. So hockey, there were a few little like dicey things they had to figure out. 
but a lot of stuff fell into place just because they're having the season if you don't have the season it makes things so much more complicated yeah yeah so baseball is going to be an interesting one yeah so my next one is Chicago and I ended up choosing Alex Brinkett one reason is I is not having it's not Alex Brinkett related it is this great hockey follow on Twitter named Pete Blackburn if you can get past the fact that he's a Bruins fan he's (laughs) very funny and he uh is not a tall man and so he is trying to make short king happen he's like 2020 is the year of the short king and all of that and so Alex Dabrinka I believe is like five six and so uh Sam Gerard of the Avalanche like tripped him into the boards or something. And so Pete tweeted it out and said, the short Kings have filed a grievance against Sam Gerrard. And it was just really (laughs) funny. But he's also a really great and dynamic scorer. He's, he's, He's a really good player. And in addition, his dog has an Instagram and it's awesome. His dog's name is Ralph. It's really cute. Um, so my next one, this is the last one I could think of off the top of my head before I had to start going by divisions. Um, so I went Cincinnati Reds, Joey Votto, because he's literally the only Cincinnati Red I could think of, first of all. I did also kind of pick him because he's like the only Canadian in Major League Baseball. (laughs) And that's kind of what, I mean, he's a great baseball player, but that's like one of the things he's known for. Um, and he's, he's funny and like, kind of a dry sarcastic kind of way which I appreciate he he's one of those players that also have like weird stats like he walk he will walk like an exponential amount of time like his walk stat is so much higher than like home runs and so he's often like thrown into the argument of like are home runs important are walks just as important it's like well his on base percentage is like freaking wild and if you're the lead off in the lineup your job is to get on base because especially your first at bat, it's not like you can get anyone in other than hitting a home run. So if you're not a home run hitter, you might as well be someone who walks a lot. Um, but yeah, so partly I did pick him because he's Canadian and I was like, that's funny because not many Canadians play baseball. They all go to hockey. So that's why I picked Joey Votto. Um. So my next one is the Colorado Avalanche, and I kind of went with a pretty obvious one, if you know anything about hockey, Nathan McKinnon. Um, He's probably a top three players in this league. Usually, if you ask people to rank the top three, it will be something of McDavid, Crosby, and McKinnon. Those usually end up being the top three. So he's really awesome. He's And it's funny because he and... Uh, Sid are from the same small-ish town in Nova Scotia, Cole Harbor. So if you go to Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, it says, welcome to Cole Harbor, home of Sidney Crosby, but they may have to change that soon because <laughs> McKinnon's very good as well. Um, he's also really just, he's, so McDavid is very fast. McKinnon has this really interesting thing where he is very fast, but he's also super powerful. Like, he just looks so much more powerful when he skates. So it's really interesting to watch. Um, Yeah, so I really, I think he's really good. Um, One thing from an interview he did on Spit and Chicklet, he is apparently quite a hothead and, like, (laughs) but recognizes it and all of that. And so he 
golf. He, he got into golf. Like everyone who plays hockey plays also golf. And in the beginning, he wasn't very good. And they went golfing with uh, it was like a few of his teammates and an assistant coach. And McKinnon like shanked a shot or whatever. And apparently thought the assistant coach was like talking on his backswing and just turned around and started screaming at his assistant coach <laughs> who was laughing and so it's like he's he's a pretty funny kid but he's also like a little hothead so it's, yeah. it's funny <laughs> um my next one okay I'm starting to go in like alphabetical order slash by division um so I started with AL because also I challenged myself to like name every team without looking it up because I'm a dork like that and I often forget a lot of teams. Um, namely, I often forget like Cleveland and the White Sox. I don't know why, but those are like the two teams. Anyway, not the point of this. <clears throat> so Baltimore Orioles was hard because I looked at their roster and I was like, I don't really know any of these people, um, except I picked a former Ranger, Hanser Alberto. Now, if you know me, you know how much I love the human that is Hanser Alberto. He had a phenomenal season as an Oriole last year. It was his first season as an Oriole. He was a Rangers prospect. He kind of went up and down with the Rangers. Then in the offseason, 2019 offseason, he got traded to the Yankees, which I was very bitter about. They released him, and then I think that's when the Orioles picked him up. I feel like he went to a team between that sides the point because he batted 300 over 300 for the whole season which was not expected for him so I was very proud of him but also if you know him you know he always has a smile on his face like he is the cheerleader of whatever team he is on and like when you see him it's hard not to be happy like I think there's only one time I've ever seen him not smiling and that was like a shock to my system um if you go on Twitter, any gif you see of him, smiling, cheering, jumping up and down. Like there's one from the Rangers, someone hit a home run and he literally jumped off the railing of the dugout, like cheering, like just the happiest person ever, always happy for his teammates. And I want him back. So he's on my fake team. Um, the next one is another one I think Morgan might be able to guess. The Columbus Blue Jackets, AKA, Hockey Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> so Elvis Merzlikens is a goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's Latvian. He's one of like four Latvian players in the NHL. Um, he's just such a, like, it's interesting it came right, one right after the other, because he's just such a positive, spirited, fun person. He just seems like such a cool guy to hang out with. Um, he also like we were talking about with Matthew Chuck, he has this post-game celebration that's like the reverse where he like, and it's like Matthew Kachuk and David Riddich's is a little more tame. This one, he like, Elvis goes charging at the captain of his team and like leaps. It's almost like the dirty dancing kind of thing <laughs> because of how intense it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's it's really cute. And to like, if he gets a shutout, you'll see like he has so many hockey jibs just because of how excited he gets. So Elvis. Um, I next Boston Red Sox. Also a more difficult thing to pick than I thought it would be because they're kind of like 
breaking down their team and they were found out to be cheaters too. So I'm a little upset with them. And I really wanted to pick their former Ranger that's on the team, but I didn't because I was trying to limit how many former Rangers because otherwise this whole entire roster could be former Rangers. So I went with Chris Sale mostly because I refer to him as the Jersey Slasher. If you don't know what that's from, a couple years ago, he got like upset about something. I think it, I don't, I don't specifically remember the entire thing, but it ended up with him being in like the clubhouse, like cutting up jerseys because he didn't like them. They were like itchy or something. Like it was a dumb reason, but that's how I always think of him now. So anytime someone refers to Chris Sale, he's a great pitcher, but I always call him the Jersey Slasher. That will be his legend in my mind. Cause it was ridiculous. Like he cut up jerseys cause they were itchy or something like that. Like it, it was bonkers. And okay. Now that you say it, I totally remember that, which for me to remember a baseball story from like <laughs> years ago, it yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. So the next one on my list in alphabetical order is the Dallas stars. And like, I could pick through some obvious ones. So like yeah. Antoine Hedobin would be, I think a little obvious cause we talked about how sweet he is. Mm-hmm. And like Tyler, Jamie, or something like that. But I wanted to go with something a little off the beaten track a little bit. And I'm picking Rupe Hints. Yes. <laughs> and okay, I have to read exactly what I wrote because I wrote this at night a while ago and I was pretty <laughs> sassy and I think it's, it's justified. Perfect. Low key, because Bonus doesn't play him enough, elite and one of the best players on the team. Also seems like an absolute sweetie. So that first part's very important. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Rick Bonus has against Rupe Hintz and Dennis Gariano, but like it's it's appalling. There are two yeah. of I I saw I wavered between the two of them. I've just seen more videos of Rupe Hintz, mm-hmm. but I love them both. And so they both they pretty much tied for this. And also just because I wanted to acknowledge them because their coach will not. I love it. Perfect so good um next New York Yankees also had trouble picking someone just because it's the Yankees and if you're not a Yankees fan you hate the Yankees that's just how it goes um so the easiest pick on that team was Aaron Judge just because he's a freaking powerful hitter it's hard not to acknowledge that and that's just who I would want like when you think of the Yankees right now, I think Aaron Judge is the first name that pops in everyone's head. So that's who I went with. Kind of simple on that one. I was telling my mom the other day, I'm like, for Yankees fans, it must be kind of a weird experience this year because it seems like most teams in the past, if there was like one team that was most universally hated, it would be the Yankees. But I feel like every team is now allied in the fact that we all don't like the Houston Astros. Yep. And yeah. so it must be weird for the Yankees to be on the other side of that. Right. Um, so my next pick, this is one was probably the single hardest one. The Detroit Red Wings, they're legit terrible. Like their team is horrible. And there's like no sugar putting that. Okay. When the season stopped, there was one and only one team that had been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. In like early March, there was about a month left in the season. And it was them. So they're they were an epically bad team, and they've been like 
tearing down their team. So it's been a little tough. But I ended up picking Dylan Larkin, who's like one of the like only young skilled guys on their team. I said in my description, a good player on a terrible team. But I also picked him because he had this commercial for a pants or clothing company. And it was all about hockey butts, which is very much a thing. Mm-hmm. Hot, hockey butts are very a thing. And it was hilarious. And I just love when players show personality like that. So definitely go watch that commercial. Um, so next I picked Tampa Bay Rays, another team. They're good, but like not very recognizable as far as their roster goes. Um, maybe that's because they're not in the baseball market at all. Um, and I picked Tyler Glasnow and I'm pretty sure I was getting him confused with someone else because I'm looking at his stats and I'm like, why did I pick him? Um, which no offense to Tyler Glasnow. I'm sure he's not listening to this, but I don't really know why I picked you. Um, he had a great ERA, so maybe that's why I just went based on his stats, because, like, in 12 games, his ERA was 178, which is phenomenal. But in my mind, I thought he made his debut against the Rangers and just, like, crushed them, and so I was going to pick him out of respect. But I'm looking at the, like, game logs, and he never pitched against the Rangers. So I don't know who I'm getting him confused with, but I picked him. I mean, at least he has a great ERA. <laughs> Um, my next one is the Edmonton Oilers and I feel like most people if you ask like name a current hockey player they're probably and they're not hockey fans they're probably going to say Sidney Crosby but I feel like coming up soon it'll change to Connor McDavid who is like this is like a well-known thing that people say in hockey community a lot like who's the best player in the NHL most everyone will say Connor McDavid I would say that and obviously mm-hmm. I have a vested interest against him, but I still say Connor McDavid. But then the next question you ask is, well, who would you want? If you had one game, like tomorrow, one game, winner take all, who would you want? And most people would say Sidney Crosby just because he's more proven. But I think that'll change mm-hmm. too in the future. Connor is so good. The only thing that just sucks is he had Peter Shirelli for a GM for a very long time who did everything he could to give Connor McDavid like absolutely no wingers, like AHL level wingers, which is like, he still elevated them. But like if he had actual, and this year I I wrote this down. So at the trade deadline, the new GM traded for with Detroit for Andreas Athanasiu and um, with Ottawa for Tyler Ennis. And there's one game where the three of them played together and they're all really, really fast. And it was just so different seeing Connor play with like really talented people. And it's so cool to see that. And I will also say there was this hilarious part where Connor passed behind Tyler Ennis and someone on Twitter posted it and was like, it's almost like McDavid is used to playing with teammates who are way slower than him. <laughs> and so it was pretty funny. But yeah, so definitely Connor McDavid. Um, he's really cool to watch. Uh, I'm finishing up my American League East. It feels like it takes so long, but like there's only five teams in each division. But for some reason, I feel like I've been talking about the AL East for like an hour. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's because I don't, like, pay attention to those teams or I don't really care for them. But anyway, um, Toronto, I almost said Maple Leafs. 
Toronto Blue Jays. Um, if this was years ago, I would refuse to pick anyone from that team. In fact, I think when I wrote for Lone Star Ball, the, the Never Rangers, since it was only 25 people, I didn't have to pick from like five teams. And I'm pretty sure I refused to pick from Houston, St. Louis, and Toronto. Um, so, but at least now I'm like, okay, none of the people I hate are on that team. Um, so I went with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Because I feel like even if you don't follow baseball, he's probably a name you've heard a lot. Um, he made his debut last year and was just crushing it. He, in my opinion, probably should have won the home run derby. I don't, honestly, I don't really care for the home run derby. Um, but he should have won it because it was, but he made it fun to watch. And I generally don't don't really care for watching it because you expect them to hit home runs. So like every home run is not that fascinating. Um, that's another, that's another episode. But um, he, he's really good for a breakout season um, or uh, rookie season. Um, that team is just fascinating because there's a lot of uh, players on there that are sons of I was leaders. just gonna say that. Yeah, like you can. I think they have at least at least three. Because there's And then, oh my gosh, I'm. There's but there's several. It's it's pretty there's amazing. Several. It's at at first it was kind of like, did they just draft every son of a major leaguer? Like, because there's a, oh, I want to say it was a Houston player I could be wrong I don't know there's there's a lot of juniors on that team and then there's others where you have to look at the last name like ah I recognize that name but uh, also Vlad Guerrero senior played for the Rangers for a bit so that's also like my tie-in um so the next one I have is the Florida Panthers and I picked Casey Angel because he's hilarious um he does this thing where he does He's a defenseman, so obviously they are the ones who break out the puck from behind their own goalie's net. And so he'll do this thing where he'll fake it one way, and then as soon as the player bites, goes the other way. And every time he does that, if he's mic'd up, you'll hear him say sonk, which is like just his thing. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Um, he's just really funny, always cracking jokes. Um, they had a, he's from Boston, they had an all Boston Zoom call. And they brought him in later. And he was just, like, roasting guys, like, from the dump. Like, you look like you just came from a robbery or something like that. It was so random, the things he was saying. And it was hilarious. Uh, next, Chicago White Sox. Again, this one was one of the ones I had to go look at the roster because I always forget about them. Uh, I went with Tim Anderson. I think he's a shortstop. Don't quote me on that. I... I wrote this list like a week ago. Um, so, but one thing he, I think last season was his rookie season too, if I'm not mistaken. He's, he's a younger player. Um, but he had a really good season. And, but one of the things that I most remember him for is at the very beginning of the season, there was a quote unquote controversy. It was dumb. It was like the old school guys got mad basically was the whole thing because you have people who are like, bat flips are great, bat flips suck, whatever. I'm fine with bat flips, except for the Toronto Blue Jays one, because that wasn't necessary. Anyway, we don't have to get into that. I'll be here all day if I have to talk about that one. Um, but, like, 
one thing, like if you're watching Korean league baseball, they have so much flair. It's so much fun, like showing their personality and like getting into it. So at the beginning of the season, Tim Anderson, I don't think it was a walk-off home run, but I think it like pulled the team ahead. And he like flipped his bat, celebrated, having fun. And I don't know if maybe it was his first home run in the league. I'm not really sure the full context of it. All I remember is on MLB Network, they were having, because, you know, the old players love, and they're not even that old. They're like 30s, 40s, but they're retired. And so they love to complain about, like, that's not how you play the game, da-da-da-da-da, and hate those conversations. But it their, their argument was, like, it's April. These games don't really matter. Why are you flipping your bat? Da, da, da. I'm like, well, if they don't matter, why do you care if he flips his bat? There was a lot of talk about if it was also, like, a race issue because he's black. And, you know, some people take exception to that of him showing off or showing up the pitcher. And um, there was a former pitcher that was part of the conversation, and he was mostly mad about showing up the pitcher. And I was like, but, you know, pitchers scream and shout when they strike out aside after a beginning. So flipping your bat, like, you hit a home run. That may not be big in the context of the season, but if that's, like, your first home run of the season or of your career, yeah, flip your bat, run around the bases. Like, who, like, some, there are some things that I get, like, like, maybe you don't accept it or whatever, but, like, that's how you make baseball interesting. Have bat flips. Celebrate your home runs. Like, that's how you get fans. This low-key really bothers me. These guys get paid millions of dollars to play baseball, and those millions comes from the eyeballs of the fans. So why are we accommodating their feelings over what the fans actually want to watch? Yeah. Like, deal and, with it. Yeah, and who cares if the bat flip happened in April or October? Like, he may, what if he was a player who doesn't hit many home runs? Like, he hit one in April. Like, that's exciting for him. Like, you want to see players who genuinely get excited and love playing the game. Why are we policing every little aspect of it? Like, that's how you don't get new fans. Which baseball has that issue. I, I have my issues with Bryce Harper, but the whole make baseball fun again, I'm very down with. Yeah, same. My own, also, I will say, my only issue with the Bautista, because I just have to get this off my chest, but the Bautista bat flip, is it wasn't a bat flip. He threw the bat towards the Rangers dugout, and it felt disrespectful, and it was, like, in the middle of the game, and I took it personally because it was against my team. So, yes, that was – I'm contradicting myself and what I'm saying, but it wasn't um, a bat flip. It was a bat throw, so. Also, okay, when it's other teams, like, of course, the other team that he does that against, like, their fans are going to be upset, but, like, that's part of the entertainment. Right. It's, like, having right. the villain and stuff. Yes, exactly. And so, replaying that bat flip over and over so I have to relive that moment over and over so that's probably why I hate that specific <laughs> one I understand that but overall <laughs> pro bat flip this is a pro bat flip <laughs> yes. um, so the next one I have is the kings and they're kind of boring because they're not very good so but they aren't even like entertainingly bad like the red wings are just meh yeah. so I paid Anze Kopitar he um is their captain uh, he is like really, really good defensive center, but also good offensively. He's Slovenian, which I believe he's the only Slovenian 
NHL player, which is pretty impressive. And he has this really adorable family and he posts pictures and stuff with them. And like in quarantine, he was doing push-ups with like his kids on his back and stuff. It was really cute. So this is also why I'm glad you're doing the hockey and I don't because as much as there are a couple teams in baseball that I don't, I can't think of a player off the top of my head, there are way more hockey teams where I'm like, I don't know one single person. I was that team. super <laughs> proud of myself. Did not have to look up. <laughs> I was like, I knew people who played for them and who I was thinking. I was proud yeah. of that. See, it also helps because like you had a recent season to watch to see yeah. if they're, I had to go look up because I was like, wait, are they still with that team or did they get traded? Because I remember nothing. But yeah, that's the thing. I do have the advantage of having just having games <laughs> like a couple I've, months ago. I almost thought you were going to pick that one player that uh, Kachuk has an issue Oh, with. Drew Doughty. I thought about yeah. <laughs> it, but Drew Doughty's kind of obnoxious. Yeah, he is. He's the only player I can name off that team, and it's because <laughs> him and Kachuk have issues. Um. My next team is Cleveland Indians, and they're they're kind of a team that's kind of fallen off a bit recently compared to, like, a couple years ago where they were in the World Series. Um, so they were kind of harder to pick than I thought they would be just because, like, they don't have Kluber. That's another issue that I'm, like, excited to see because, like, the Rangers traded for Kluber, and I don't think it's his last season this season, but, like, He's getting older. Like, I, I want to see how he plays. Anyway, um, I picked Francisco Lindor. He's a shortstop. He's hilarious and so lovable. Like, I, there, I remember, it's funny the things that, like, stick out and, like, the dumb things that, like, you think of when you think of a player. Like, um, <laughs> for some reason, I remember this one where I, they were playing in either Houston or Tampa. It was someone with a roof. And... Um, he was going over in foul territory because the ball went up, but the ball never came down. So he's like standing there. I, and I realize this isn't a great thing to explain when it's not a visual medium. So I'll try my best. Um, he's just like standing there with his hand in the air, but kind of like ducking. Cause like, he doesn't know if the ball is going to come down and he doesn't want to get hit by it. Um, and then when he realizes it's not going to come down, he like leaps as if he's going to catch it. But like, if it dropped a foot away from him, it was just a, dumb fun moment that stuck out in my head and usually those moments of like players just having fun and like being kids playing a sport um stick out with me and he's been an all-star I think the last couple of seasons he's just really good and really fun to watch and gen generally my favorite players are the ones that are obviously good but also may have fun playing the game I have a Francisco Lindor story actually <gasps> because yes. he uh uh, I'm obviously my mom gave me the Chicago Cubs is my favorite team yes. and I played the Indians in the World yes. Series and Lindor went to high school with Javier Baez from the team for the shortstop oh. and so you can find a clip if you search Francisco Lindor Javier mm -hmm. Baez on YouTube you'll find this clip where like Javier's on second base and Lindor is there and Lindor just like shoves him and like keeps a straight face and then they both just start laughing <laughs> and it's so funny so Those cute and it's just favorite moments having a fun like being 10 year old boys like yeah. in the world series I thought that was so cool oh and that that kind of reminds me because I think he was part of this um 
a little interaction because in 2016, so Rangers and Blue Jays, it was after, you know, the whole punch situation. And so in a September game, the Rangers were playing the Indians. And I was at this game and like being at the game versus broadcast is when you learn like you're missing out on some things because I saw it and I was like, what is happening? And Rugi slid into second and like popped up and like he was out. And as a joke, the second baseman for Cleveland at the time, because I don't think he's with them right now, Jason Kipnis kind of like backed away. But it was in joking with what happened earlier in the season where Bautista slid into second really hard and then Rugi punched him and it was like that whole thing. So seeing a whole other team like joke around about that was hilarious. And I think Lindor had been like right there laughing about it too. But that was one of the moments where it's like you see them play around and you're like, oh, you do see the other stuff that happens into the league. And I remember like – Kipnis had a laugh about it. Lindor, Rugi, like, busted out laughing. And then they showed the Rangers dugout. And, like, Beltre was cracking up, dying, laughing over it. But, like, I remember being at the game and seeing that and, like, wait, are they about to fight? Like, what is happening? Because, obviously, I can't see the context of their face and stuff. But Cleveland has – they have fun players. But, again, like, they're kind of breaking down their team a bit. So, um. The next one I have is the Minnesota Wilds, um, and I chose their goalie, Devin Dubnik. He's really, he hasn't played as well in recent years, but this cool thing was he was sent down to the minors a bunch, and it looked like his career was over, like, years ago, and then he got sent to Arizona and, like, resurrected his career, and that was really interesting and cool, but the reason that I really picked him was, so this season, he was with the team in Buffalo and they came home and um, he goes to his house. He has, he's married and has three sons. And as he walks in, his wife is having some kind of medical emergency and ends up having to call 911 and all of that. And then basically was like, nope, can't play. Like need to take care. Like she's always taking care of everything. And she, they, it took them a while to figure out what was even wrong and do all, like, get her back on her feet and all of that. And her mom came in to help, but he's like, nope, like, the kids need a parent. She's clearly not, like, really up to it right now, so I'll step in and do that. And she was the one telling him, like, oh, you're good to go back. Like, it's fine. It's fine. He's like, nope, not yet. It's not time. And so I just really, that touched my heart. I love that. Um, again, kind of like Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Tigers are a really hard team to pick from the roster because they've been terrible in the last few seasons, which doesn't mean they don't have good players, but it, it you just don't pay attention to them. So it's harder to pick. <coughs> Excuse me. So I picked Miguel Cabrera, even though he's like 40 something and he's, obviously not in the prime of his career anymore. I mainly picked him because him and Beltre goof off a lot when Beltre was playing. So I had that memory in my head and I was like, well, I want fun players. So I picked Miguel Cabrera not too long. Like I think 2012, I believe it was, he got the triple crown, which hadn't been a thing in baseball for a number of years. Um, so even though he's like, 
few seasons removed from that. He's still a fun player to watch. I don't really know how he did, didn't really. He was one of those players you heard a lot from, and then you didn't really hear a lot about. So last season, don't really know how well he did, but I'm going to go with not great. But also Detroit wasn't that great, so can't really fault him. But I'm picking him anyway. So my next one is the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and I picked Jeff Petrie for the sole reason of you need to watch his son Boyd was mic'd up for a game. And it was perhaps the cutest thing I have ever seen. And I'll just give a little bit of a teaser. Um, apparently, Jeff and his son Boyd have a good luck thing, a good luck handshake they do before a game. And I'll try to describe it. They call it high five nuts rock and roll, which is obviously <laughs> high five. And then like fist bump and then they do the rock and roll sign like to each other and like hold their hands up and it's the cutest thing ever so that's adorable it's a few minutes of a lot of fun so definitely watch that <laughs> video uh next kansas city royals i picked hunter dozier who is a noted dallas stars fan which is the main reason i picked him obviously uh but also he's a good player um but mostly I was like, I know him because he's a Stars fan. So that's who I'm going with. Even like on his Instagram, he went to, I think, 2018. I don't know. He went to a playoff game with his wife one time. I think there's another Instagram picture of him and his wife and like his newborn baby all wearing like Dallas Stars gear. And it's adorable. Um, I don't remember how I found out he was a Dallas Stars fan. It might have been because of last year's playoffs. And he like mentioned it because it obviously playoffs overlap with the beginning of baseball season. And I think Kansas happened to be playing the Rangers here at that time. Anyway, it's the one thing I remember about him. And immediately when I had to pick a Kansas player, he's who I went with. Um, so the next one for me is the Nashville Predators. I don't really have a ton of players. I it's I'm very like they're fine. Like they're good, good players to a lot of their yeah. team. But I ended up picking uh, Roman Yossi, who's their captain, and he's a defenseman. He's a defenseman whose defense isn't that great, but he's so dynamic offensively that he's he's a really skilled. So I just picked him because he's a good player. Yeah, I I feel like I did the same thing kind of with uh, the next couple of teams. Honestly, there were some players, like, just now, since I wrote this a week ago, I had to go look up this player. Just I was like, I vaguely remember him, but, like, it's Minnesota Twins, and they're another team that I often forget about, even if, like, they went to playoffs the last season, but I still forget about them and, like, who's on their team. Because you know how there's some playoff teams where, like, their roster is, like, just a weird, like, kind of a no-name roster? Kind of what Minnesota is. Um but I picked Jose Barreos. Hopefully I'm saying his last name right. Um, I'm sure I have to roll my R's. I can't do that. So Barreos is what we got here. Um, he is, yeah, I had to make sure. <laughs> I can't read numbers sometimes, apparently. I had to, I couldn't tell if it was a 26 or 28. He's 26 years old. I think last season was his, no. Just kidding, last season was not his first season. It was like his fourth season, but he had a really good season. Um, and that's why I picked him. I kind of just, some of these players I picked based on just like, I recognize that name. Let's go look at his stats. And that's where we went with that. 
that makes sense to me. That's what I did. <laughs> Although this next one I kind of picked because it was an interesting story. I remember following this. This was like when I was really, really getting into hockey, following his stories. So his name is Jesper Bratt. He plays for the New Jersey Devils. And he was, so in the NHL draft, there are currently seven rounds of the NHL draft. Um, and, the, and Jesper Bratt was picked in the sixth round in 2016. And then he went to training camp and he just did really well. And everyone's like, oh, this is interesting, this sixth round pick. And it's like, is this sixth round pick really going to make opening night roster? And fast forward to now, and he's played 185 games which is unheard of. Like if you have a sixth round pick that does anything, like that's a lottery ball. So I just thought it was a cool story. Um, for my next player is the, I gotta see what team he's on now. Cause I wrote it in order, but then didn't write their team next to it. Um, Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thought I was still in AL Central. I've moved on to AL West. So Seattle Mariners. I picked D Gordon and I didn't necessarily pick him for what he's done with Seattle. He's may not be a name that a lot of people outside of like watching baseball recognize, but I think you recognize from the moment in 2016, Miami was playing, I think it was the Mets. Yeah, the Mets. It was the first game right after um, their ace pitcher, Jose Fernandez, passed away in a boating accident. And D. Gordon was with the Marlins at the time, the team that Jose Fernandez was with. And I think he was the first batter in that game. And he came up to the plate and, again, NL team, so pitchers bat. And his first, uh, you know, at-bat type thing, he did a tribute to Jose Fernandez and did his batting stance for the first pitch, which was super, like, sweet and emotional. But then, I don't know if it was the next pitch, but it was that at bat, he hit his first home run of the season. And that was, like, so emotional. Also, this is September, so it's not like it was, like, April, May, but to have his first home run be a kind of a tribute to a teammate and a friend that passed away was, like, super emotional and, like, so cool to see. And that's what I remember him from, so I went with that. It, so that's how memorable that was you said his name I was like oh Jose Fernandez yeah like, it, it was such a moment so yeah the next one I had is New York Islanders and I picked Matthew Barzell who's their number one center um young guy really talented but the reason I picked him is he was selected to the all-star team one year and all-star is now three on three and he was selected the same year Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang of my favorite team the Pittsburgh Penguins were selected and the coach of their team put Matt Barzell with them. And it was just a great, 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 amazing line <laughs> together. Like the three of them, it was so cool to watch. So I liked him for that. Uh, Oakland Athletics. Again, it's harder for me to pick teams when I know they're like rival teams. But I like kind of secretly like the Oakland Athletics just because First off, the Coliseum sucks, but, like, they have fun, and there's always a drum line there. Like, the entertainment factor of the Oakland Athletics is entertaining, and, like, they probably have the most fun arena. Um, I picked Marcus Simeon, who is their shortstop. Amazing shortstop. And a couple years ago, Ron Washington, who was a – he used to be the Rangers manager. Now he's, like, 
he's with the Braves as the infield coach and third base coach. But before that, he was at the athletics. And he's kind of, like, known for, like, helping Marcus Simeon, like, basically achieve, like, his ultimate status of being a gold glove shortstop and just being freaking phenomenal, which kind of sucks when, like, he's playing against your team. Um, But, yeah, Marcus Simeon is, like, a super fun shortstop to just watch. Like, there are players on teams that, like, even if you don't like the team, you don't know the sport, like, you could watch the Oakland Athletics just to watch him play because he makes some phenomenal plays. So I just have to add in a, a little something because I remember this story because I may have cried when I watched the video. Uh, Stephen Piscotti plays for the Oakland mm-hmm. Athletics and he used to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's why I knew the name. He was traded to Oakland because um, he wanted to be closer to his mother who had ALS and she ended up passing away the year he was traded. But there was a lot of cool stories of him like playing, the, there was a video of him playing the guitar so she could sleep and just all these really cute things. So definitely check out that video. It's really like it made me cry, but it was so cool. So oh. that's my pick for, I'll, I'll throw in a pick of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Next is the Rangers and I picked one of their, oh, first of all, Shout out Melissa from Tumblr. She's my girl. She's the sweetest and she loves the Rangers. And um, I picked Artemi Panarin, who was their big free agent signing this last season. Um, part of the reason I picked him is because this offseason, he pretty publicly and pretty forcefully spoke out against his home country of Russia and Putin like, while he was in Russia, which is pretty ballsy to do. And he was talking about just like how in America like people there's some sense of like regulation and people like follow rules and stuff and there's not all of this like like the corruption like there is in Russia and so I thought it was a really interesting perspective and I really enjoyed that uh two other things I wrote down his Sully this year is he like kicks his leg up really high after scoring a goal and it's super funny and kind of dorky to watch (laughs) and then he has a dog who has an Instagram who's I think maybe up for best dog this year in the NHL fan awards and his dog's named Mr. Rizzy and I kind of love it (laughs) one thing I have an issue with about the fan awards especially for dogs how are we supposed to pick just one dog they all deserve the award there are okay so like uh speaking Max, of you can hear my dog probably so <laughs> or Ryan who is Max Domi's dog has never uh-huh. been nominated and I have a real problem with that because so Max Domi has uh diabetes yes and Orion can detect when he's low or high on blood sugar yeah. and alerts and I'm like okay how is that deserving of a nomination come on right and like Tyler Sagan has three dogs. Like, literally, the stars, there are so many stars that have labs that I'm pretty sure they call them the Lab Mafia. Like, just just nominate all the dogs and give them all awards. They all, they all deserve, them. <laughs> deserve it. That is true. Um, <laughs> next, Los Angeles Angels. Easy pick, Mike Trout. I feel like I don't even need to explain it. It's Mike Trout. I've, yes. I, <laughs> if you don't know who Mike Trout is, then welcome to baseball right he might he should if he's not the face of baseball he should be um 
And the next pick and the next team is the Ottawa Senators, who are not very good. And when they were kind of tanking, like unintentionally, there was this Twitter account that gained notoriety for being an Ottawa fan and just like a really funny, ranty kind of guy. And his name is Brian Five or Six. He was like upset that they were trading Eric Carlson and all of that. And one of Brian Five or Six's like most famous tweets is that. Did you know you can spell hot sambacho with the same letters as Thomas Shabbat, who's like their new up-and-coming defenseman. He's really talented. And so they ended up coming up with these hot sambacho shirts, which is Brian's, like, Brian Fire6's bad drawing of the Ottawa Senators logo. And then it has Thomas Shabbat's number on the back and the name Shabbat. And they did that and they sold them to raise money to help with the tornado that hit Ottawa and all of the families impacted and like Shabbat wore them and he's just really funny and sweet and so that's why I picked him. Uh, next Atlanta Braves again I should have written like team names next to these people because some of them I'm like uh this team right um I picked Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, he's, I don't know, again, don't know if he's a rookie last season, but I know he's a younger player, really fun to watch. One of the things I specifically remember, again, another dumb thing, but it's funny. Um, MLB, great now, oh, it's the, uh, Cessitas Barbecue something on Twitter. (laughs) I'm awful lately with my memory. <clears throat> um, they, obviously, it's two guys that run the account, and they also now work with MLB, too. They're really hilarious. Um, at one of the minor league all-star games, it was when it was in Miami. I think that was, like, three years ago. They have a picture of Ronald Acuna Jr. standing next to I think his name is Johan Moncada. So basically it said Akuna Matata, but like a <laughs> little differently. Awesome. Yeah. So that's how I, that's what I always remember when I see his name. Um, and he's also just a phenomenal player. Um, the Braves went to the playoffs last season, so I got to see him more. And I think that's like the best way to learn different players is through playoffs because like especially they're the NL and since the Rangers are AL I don't really see a lot of the NL players until playoffs and he was phenomenal then um so that's why I picked him so this is my next one's probably one of the hardest ones because it's the Philadelphia Flyers so I'm like conditioned (laughs) not to like any of them but I ended up going with Ivan Provorov um the reason he's a good defenseman that's obviously part of the reason but a big reason I picked him is so he's obviously Russian but he moved to the U.S. in high school to like further his hockey career and he spent a lot of time in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area Wilkes-Barre specifically which is the home of the Penguins minor league team so he did a lot of work with their like kids clubs affiliated with the minor league team and all of that and the cool thing about that is because he came when he was young enough he speaks pretty flawless English which I like hats off that's so amazing because even like coming over when you're 12 or something speaking Russian and learning English and having being flawless no accent pretty much is pretty amazing yeah 
Um, next, Miami Marlins, which was also a very hard team to pick from because they basically broke down their entire roster a couple years ago. And the only name that I recognized was because he originally was a Rangers prospect a few years ago, and they traded him to the Phillies when we got Cole Hamels, and then don't really know how somehow he made it to Miami Marlins. And he's catcher Jorge Alfaro. Again, I don't know much about him other than I recognized his name as a Ranger prospect and was like, I'm going with him because there's not much else on the Marlins roster, if I'm honest. So I went from having a hard time like finding one I could pick to having too many I could pick because right after Philly is, of course, Pittsburgh. And I mean, obviously, I could do like the really obvious ones, but I decided to go a little off the beaten path. Not too far off the beaten path because it's one of their superstars. But I went with Evgeny Malkin, who is the second line center, who would be a first line center on literally any other team. Um, But he is so funny. He had this thing when he was really young where he said, I am score to say like I scored a goal and so now it's been associated with him all the time and so to the point like a couple years ago they caught him mic'd up uh saying after he scored a goal like I am score I can't change <laughs> it was so like he made fun of himself but then um this year Sid was out for a while with uh recovering from surgery for a core muscle injury everyone thought it was like hernia surgery and um they were interviewing Gino ahead of the first game without Sid and he goes like yeah I like need to really be good I need to carry the team all of that and then all of a sudden the fire alarms go off and he just goes I have to be fire I must be fire <laughs> and it's so funny so then for the rest of the season whenever he scored we had the fire emoji so oh, Sid is just, er, Gino is just awesome really funny and doesn't get the credit he deserves I thought you would have picked Alex Latang. Alex Latang is the best <laughs> penguin. However, he's not officially a penguin. <laughs> I could have picked Alex Latang's dad. I thought about saying yeah. that. <laughs> um, New York Mets, which as much like bizarre crappiness that happens with the Mets, they have a lot of good players to pick from. Um, I went with Jacob DeGrom. Um, between him and Noah Syndergaard, like, it was very hard to pick, but, uh, Jacob DeGrom is a friggin' excellent pitcher, and I feel like still doesn't get a lot of credit for it, um, like, Cy Young worthy every year type pitcher, he just happens to be on the Mets. Honestly, the, the last two seasons, you look at his ERA, and then, the, his wins, which I know is a bad stat, but look yeah. at his wins because when you compare it to his ERA, it's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, he's a good, a very good player on a very unfortunate team. I okay, I have to give a little Mets story. If you ever want to Google, I heard about this from hearing about how pathetic the Mets are. This is an old one from the '90s. Brett Saberhagen, he had a super soaker that he shot at reporters, which would be bad enough. It's kind of funny, but the super soaker had bleach in it. And okay. I think I remember reading this. So you would think now if that happens, he's probably getting arrested. And if at best, he is literally never playing in the MLB again. He donated 
one day's pay to charity and issued an apology. And apparently that was enough. <laughs> so, okay. like, that could have easily gotten someone's eyes, someone's mouth. Oh my God. And then, that's not even the only, like, pretty much assault thing. Like, I think, so, I remember someone else threw, like, a firecracker that was lit into, like, the stands or something. The Mets are a very unfortunate team. Well, even, even last year, their, uh, one of their pitchers, like, cussed out the media and, like, was mm-hmm. threatening to, like, throw a chair or some, something. Like, the Mets are insane. So, I remember this. There was two apology gates last year. Yes. Because that one, the manager called a press conference to apologize, but then didn't apologize and so yes. had to re-apologize. The yeah. other apology gate was the 50-year anniversary of their World Series, and they listed two people in memoriam who were still living. Yep. And yeah. then it was apology gate, because when they apologized, they spelled the, one the of the players' wrong. names wrong. Uh-huh. And that's, and that's our, the most unfortunate. Very unfortunate. It's not even close. Yeah. Uh-huh. So next I had San Jose. Oh, and then let's not oh. forget their their new manager was supposed to be uh Beltron, who then left because of cheating allegations with the Astros. So like even That's, when it's okay. not their team, they get screwed. How does it think? So it was the Astros and the yeah. person like who lost the one is the Mets. What? <laughs> um so the next one I have is the San Jose Sharks, and I ended up picking Brent Burns. There's this really cool three-part documentary that the Sharks released about a ranch he owns in Texas where he has, like, so many different kinds of animals and, like, teaching his kids how to care for all of these different kinds of animals. It was really cool. And then also the All-Star Game was hosted in San Jose in 2019, and uh, Fox Sports San Jose let his daughter be the red carpet reporter and she interviewed him and it was the sweetest thing ever I loved it so that's adorable and he also he looks like Sasquatch because he has like the long hair and like the missing teeth <laughs> and the gigantic beard it's, it's <laughs> um next Washington no <laughs> Yeah, Capitals. Nationals. Nationals. Why? I almost called them Senators because that was the Rangers before they became the Rangers. They were the Washington Senators. We have a little bit of overlap, though, because, like, there's the Rangers in the NHL. We have the Senators in the NHL. Exactly. Capitals, Nationals, like, it's very similar. Because at first I was going to go Washington Senators. I was like, nope, that's not right. And then I was like, Capitals? go it's nationals nationals um <laughs> eventually we'll get there um sean doolittle he was a pitcher for them in the world series i think also a season before that he used to be with oakland a's everywhere he goes he's amazing not just for pitching like he's just a beautiful human um he's probably one of the most outspoken um baseball players regarding anything somewhat seen as political um he's been very outspoken right now and um he's gone to a lot of protests I know he's very active in like LGBTQ pride all that kind of thing um 
and it's very like refreshing to see that because even now a lot of athletes don't want to talk about anything remotely seen as political even though it's not political um but like he has always been outspoken and supportive of phenomenal causes and he got a world series ring last year which is also very <laughs> deserving um you probably if you don't like know him as far as like face like pitching he has a very unique like uh setup he had he's he's the pitcher that holds the glove like right underneath his chin if you've seen that that that's who I'm talking about um but yeah he he's also like huge Star Wars nerd and he talks about that on um social media I'm trying to think of what his I think his uh like Twitter handle is Star Wars related. I don't know Star Wars, so I'm not even going to guess what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's Star Wars related. He's a very good Twitter follow also. I will just say, not not my favorite player or anything from the Nationals, but it is worth a Google. Just Google Max Scherzer if you haven't before. The eyes yep. yes. are weird. It's very weird, especially if you like focus on one and you're like, oh, he's he, – like, if, if you just focus on one side of his face, like, it's two different faces because he has two different color eyes. And, like, you say, oh, he has two different color eyes, and you think people, people are like, oh, it's a subtle difference. No, he has, like, two no, very different colors. Yes. Eyes. It's, like, a light blue and then dark brown. It's really wild. It, it, and then his personality, like, when he pitches, he's a very, like, angry kind of pitcher. So that just throws a whole other thing into it. The funny thing is, you know, the Nationals won the World Series after Bryce Harper left, so there's that. <laughs> um, sorry about this next one. It's the St. Louis Blues. Oh, God. But I tried to pick the one I think you would be the most okay with, okay. and so I ended up picking Colton Pareko, because yes. he's really a sweetie. I approve. <laughs> he's, he's so sweet, and he's the one who was, like, the best friends with Layla Anderson. Mm-hmm. But also, I had to share this, because I thought this was, like, the most random hockey rule I ever heard of. So there's, like, a defined length of stick that's, like, the max your stick can be, tall-wise. Except for there are exceptions, and Colton Preco is one of them, because he's 6'7". So, like, the max length is for, like, most guys, and most guys aren't 6'7". So they let him have a taller one. So they're playing a game, and they're on, like, the penalty kill, or they're in the defensive zone or something, and Colton Preco loses his stick. And so Vladimir Tarasenko gives Pareko his stick. Well, then Tarasenko ends up picking up uh, Pareko's stick when he finds it. And the refs call a penalty saying, like, illegal equipment. Because technically, like, the exception is for Pareko. And so the NHL had to come out and be like, if we allow the stick for that player, then in the course like that, that is allowed. Like, yeah. that would be really dumb. But I thought it was, like, the most random rule ever. <laughs> and I don't that blame is, the refs, because it seems like they did the right thing, but right. not really. Because isn't the rule, like, you can, like, you can pick up a teammate stick and use that, but not someone from the other team? Yeah. So you can't use another team's stick, or you can't, like, okay. throw a stick at a pl- at the other team or something like that, but you can use your other team's stick. But they were all going off of, well, it's only legal for him because he yeah. got the exception, and Tarasenko didn't have the exception because he's not 6'7". It was so random. But so. I wonder, okay, you know how, like, the uh, refs, like, have a little meeting before the game? I wonder if that's, like, one thing they talk about, like, specifically with St. Louis. Like, okay, just so you guys know, he has an exception to the rule as far as sticks. 
go. Yeah. So like, I think they, but now that they know it, it's like, okay, yeah. so someone picked up because I think they knew he had an exception because they weren't calling mm-hmm. it when he was playing with the stick. They yeah. called him Tarasenko played with it. So I thought that was interesting. But also Colton Franco, I understand there's a lot of blues players who may or may not be the most likable ever, but Pareko's <laughs> definitely very sweet. <laughs> uh, next is Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> my brain just goes blank. Like, I see these players, and I see, like, the logo of the team in my head, and then I'm like, wait, what are they called? And then I have hockey teams in my head, obviously. Um, I picked Alex Claudio because former Ranger, and I wish he was still a Ranger because that that's one of my least favorite trades because they traded him for I think like international money or draft picks or something international signing money and he's like a good pitcher for like he he was our basically our closer one year but also he started one game and like he just he literally does everything he also has a very unique uh wind up I get wind up and uh Whatever the other word, my brain. Dance, like baseball, like, there's wind up and something else, and I can't think of what it's called. Oh, because, the stretch. Yes, thank you. Jeez, when there's no baseball for such a long period of time, my brain forgets everything I know. Like, yes, there was spring training, but we haven't had real baseball in ten months, six months, eight months, whatever the length of time is since October. So my brain like goes to mush. Like, I would have all my, my baseball brain back right now, and I don't, so my brain doesn't remember anything. Anyway, his wind-up, str- pitching from the stretch, whatever it is, because those two things still confuse me, is a little unique, but very fun to watch. Um, and I just really miss him, because he was a great pitcher and fun to watch. He um, also has an Instagram and has the two cutest kids ever. Um, one just graduated from kindergarten. And it's adorable. And he had a little like red cap and gown, and it was just so cute because it was, or maybe it was preschool. I think he's graduating preschool. Anyway, his two kids, adorable. He's a fun pitcher to watch. So when baseball comes back, he's like pitcher to look out for. And Brewers have been pretty good the last couple seasons. I think they've been the wild card, maybe the division winner the last couple seasons. Yeah, and their their team is kind of like a mix like they have some like big names but like one or two and yeah. the others are just kind of like good players but you've never really heard of them I do have to talk about because there's like a few teams that I have good stories on uh-huh. Christian Yelich <laughs> so Christian Yelich played for the Marlins and mm-hmm. they were in New York to play for the Mets who while being disastrous also have very passionate fans and that night someone discovers this porno where the guy looks exactly like Christian Yelich it isn't him but it looks exactly (laughs) like him and so they start tweeting it out and like making this whole big thing and apparently this porno this guy had a thing for the woman's butt I'm not going to go into more details than that, but that's it. And so then he started getting, like, all of these peach emojis. He had to release a statement, like, hey, this isn't me, and all of that. And so fast forward to spring training with Miami, and they have, like, media training. And so she go, the gal goes, is there any, are there any questions? And Yelich raises his hand, and it's like, yeah, so what do you do if, like, 
people, if someone, the media accuses you of something, but like, it isn't you, like you didn't do that. And the gal goes, not knowing the context of the question, oh, it won't get that bad. And Yelich snapped. He's like, it actually will get that bad. It's horrible. <laughs> and so it's a pretty funny story. He laughs about it now. So it's pretty funny. But he's, so like, at, he's, like, he's like, at this point, I should have just been in the porn because like I have all of the experience <laughs> without actually being in it. Oh, that's amazing. So there, there's your, your funny yellow story. Um, the next one I have is Tampa Bay Lightning. And I chose Alex Kalorn, who is doing like the, the team should low-key pay him for like helping to recruit players to Tampa Bay during this quarantine. So what he's done, nearly every other team, when they said, okay, players can return home if they want, all of the players, or most of the players, bailed and went to their hometowns. Um, shockingly, Tampa Bay and Florida players stayed put. Um, and so what this guy decided, he decided what's he going to do with his free time in quarantine? He's going to become an influencer. And so like his bio on Instagram and Twitter says influencer now. And what does he do? They all live in like a similar neighborhood, apparently not far from Tom Brady. And so he will get on his jet ski and jet ski to all of his different teammates house and like social distance and everything but then video them and they'll talk about stuff and they'll do stuff and he calls it doc talk and when they announced the return to play they did this super highly produced uh like we're, we're coming back like gathering all the crew it's hilarious go watch it so that was my play. favorite video in like the last few weeks that it was when you sent it to me it made me so happy so alex Kulorn is it <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh not Penguins Pirates. Um, <laughs> I'm so used to saying the hockey team. Um, Pittsburgh Pirates. It also doesn't help that like there are some cities that all have the same colors for their team. Yeah. So, like, I picture it and I'm like, wait, those were the same colors. It's not helping me. Um, I picked Josh Bell because he is from the DFW area and he had a really good season last season. Um, 37 home runs, which is like, he's 27. So like he's in his prime. So like have, if they played this season or even next season, like he could easily break 40 home runs. Um, again, Pittsburgh Pirates is a weird team because within the span of like five, six years, they had been wild card. Um, and like in that mix, because NL Central had been like the Cubs, the, the Cardinals and the Pirates had all been like tied for different at different times I remember there was one season where it was like they thought there was going to be a three-way tie or it had been and then another season it was like all three of those teams had they been in any other uh division they would have been first place but since they're all in the same division some of them are the wild cards um but they're they're really they're an odd team as far as like sometimes they're really good and sometimes you like don't really know what they're going to do I think they're more of a young team now, but uh, Josh Bell is, like, someone to keep your eye on, and, like, I, there are a lot of players that were, became, like, big names or talked about more last season, and I, in my head, I'm like, oh, so they're, it's their rookie season, because first I'm hearing of him, and I just went and looked up, and, like, last year was his fourth season, 
His first season, he only played 45 games, but the last few seasons, he's played 140 or more. And, like, they weren't, like, small seasons. Like, he's had good seasons. So that makes me think he's going to, like, be even better the next couple of seasons. So maybe last year was, like, his breakout. Yeah, that's definitely what it seemed like. Um, so the next one is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I end up picking a familiar name, Morgan Riley. <laughs> um, he is just so sweet. He's a teddy bear. And I love, he's so like, uh, he, he makes fun of himself and stuff like that. Um, cause it's like a, always a big joke about how much he loves to eat and he's not really into the whole diet thing. And so the video to watch for that, Steve Dangle, uh, did a video when the Leafs visited sick kids a couple, like two years ago when Babcock was still the coach. And they do this every Christmas and the whole team is this big event. And they're doing this show for the kids who can't come out and come to the main area so they can watch on the TVs. And they're like making Christmas cookies. And Mo's off to the side and he just, they're icing the cookies with like the bag and stuff. He's like, just says, well, this isn't any fun. Like we're just icing cookies. Like what's the fun in that? And it's not fun for me. So I'm just going to take a cookie, go into the top of the icing, just dunk it and eat it. And they start turning. They're like, yeah, this is the wrong guy to have for this. And uh, Babcock's in the bathroom background. He's like, you know, say about what you want about it. But he just goes, Mo, hey, watch it. We got a game tomorrow. <laughs> and it was really funny. So Morgan Riley. Uh, next was a, what I thought was going to be difficult, but it kind of was made easy. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I picked Matt Carpenter for a couple of reasons. First off, he's been with the Cardinals, it feels like, forever. Like, he's the one name I know for a fact from the Cardinals because he was there during the World Series. Also, he's from Texas. Um, I think he went to TCU. There was, like, a thing a while, a couple seasons ago, where him and another player on the team, who I don't know if is still on that team, but one went to TCU, one went to A&M. Both teams have a really good baseball. Both schools have a good baseball team and were in the College World Series, and, like, they made bets between them, and I always love when teammates make bets about like college sports or whatever because it's usually funny stuff um another fun fact uh I know Matt Carpenter's dad which is why it was easy to pick um which seems like really weird to say but he when I covered Prosper High School baseball Matt Carpenter's dad was the head coach and he was really nice he saved me from getting hit by baseball one time that was very nice of him <laughs> um and also like super chill to talk to I wanted I strongly considered like telling him like oh your son plays for the Cardinals I don't like them but I, I kept that to myself <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um so the next one I have is Vancouver Canucks and I chose uh Elias Pedersen who is their like amazing superstar center he's Swedish and it's uh the thing he has a really cute bromance with Brock Besser. The other thing that I think is really cool, there's this story about him and his best friends from home in a small town in Sweden. And his best friends are, I believe, Armenian refugees. And they got deported from Sweden for, like, no good reason when they were in school. And, like, 
it was really traumatic for Pedersen and all of that. And the whole town like petitioned and got them back. And it was this really cute story of like friendship and all of that. But then this last 2019 off season, like is when they, the, the brothers, his friends got um, their permanent residency, like permanent, it's not citizenship, but basically like the equivalent of a green card here. And so they could travel outside of Sweden. And so, uh, Elias's brother and his brother's girlfriend planned this thing where they took the brothers to wherever they were having the world, uh, Bratislava, where they were having the uh, world championships that Elias was paying in. And so his brother's girlfriend was like, hey, like, we're going to be there. We have something special planned. Just look up on warmups. And he's like, okay, that's weird. He looks up and he sees and he's like, oh, and I knew because they couldn't travel outside. So I knew that meant they had citizens ship and how happy that made him and there's a video that his brother's girlfriend shot on YouTube and after the game he has like literally a 30 second hug with both of them and it's so sweet so I love that so much um next team Arizona Diamondbacks uh I picked Cattell Marte if Zach Greinke hadn't have been traded he obviously would have been my pick but Whatever, Houston got him, it's fine. Um, Tel Marte is another, like, young player who was talked about a lot last season. He went to the All-Star game for the first time. Um, I think it was, like, his sixth season, sixth or seventh season with the league, but his first All-Star game, so that was pretty cool. Um, I just like, again, stories like that where, like, you know, they've been in the league for a couple years and they finally get to go to the All-Star game. That's super cool because – they've kind of changed how all-star game works. It's obviously fan voting, but then stats play into it. I think now it's also like players get to have a somewhat of a say, like percentages of fan votes, player votes. Um, yeah. And he was a name that stuck out when I went through the roster because Arizona's again, another one of those teams who were good and then suddenly decided to break down the roster. So who knows? So my next one is our new team, the Vegas Golden Knights. And I ended up picking Mark Stone, who they traded for uh, to, like, basically be their big, uh, big offensive player. He's a really good defensive winger, but also very elite offensively. But the reason I chose him is because he is so like so so much emotion when he scores goals and stuff like that the Vegas Twitter account has a thing where they call him expressive Mark Stone or something like that and it's really funny so I really like him uh San Diego Padres again another team that's really hard to pick um because they almost always are really bad um it which is so unfortunate because their ballpark is beautiful and like a playoff game San Diego would be beautiful. Anyway, I picked their closer, Kirby Yates, who I feel like I didn't hear of until, again, last season, even though he's been in the league since 2014. And uh, his previous three teams were all AL teams. Uh, He played with the Rays, the Yankees, and the Angels. And yet, I feel like I didn't hear about him until he was in the NL with a bad team. So I don't know how that happened. But he was the uh, NL saves leader last year. And also, I just think his name is fun like Kirby Yates that just sounds like a good like athlete name 
so I have my last two, which is, they both start with the letter W. First, we'll go with Washington Capitals, <laughs> and I picked their star defenseman, John Carlson, and the reason I picked that, because obviously I'm not a big Capitals fan, but if you go and watch the 2010 World Juniors, the finals was U.S. versus Canada. U.S. was leading, and Canada tied it late in the game, and it went to overtime, and John Carlson scored the overtime winning goal for the USA to give us gold in the World Juniors, so he gets it for that. I would have picked Brandon Holtby. I wanted to, but <laughs> because of what he's done to my team, I cannot do that. <laughs> I get it. I feel, like I think of him as like the NHL's Sean Doolittle, and I love that they're like in the same area. That's such a good comparison. That is, true. and I, I also because I I saw Brandon Holtby's uh, statement for this week, and uh, Sean Doolittle retweeted it, and in my head, I was like, they're best friends for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think they both uh, refused to go to the White House because they both yes. won during this. And so it's it, like yeah. they very much are similar people, both playing for Washington teams. Yeah, and I, I really love that both of them are, like, very invested in, like, pride mm-hmm. and all that because there are a lot of players that aren't as outspoken. So, like, to see them be outspoken is really cool. Especially, I know D.C., like, as a city, isn't conservative, but, like, because of D.C., like, yeah, you don't really, in my mind, I don't expect those athletes to be that outspoken, but anyway, uh, my last team is San Francisco Giants. I really wanted to pick someone who wasn't a former Ranger, but I picked Hunter Pence because he was only a Ranger for one year, and uh, this, he was with the Giants. First of all, actually, he was with Houston, and they traded him. Or I don't know what happened. Honestly, I didn't pay attention to him when he was with Houston. I know him as a San Francisco Giant. Then he came with the Rangers for one season, and freaking, I loved him so much. Him and his wife are just, like, the coolest people, and they're very, like, in the community. They have a coffee shop in Houston because that's – I think that's where they're both from and maybe live in the off offseason. Um, but apparently their coffee shop is, like, super cool and, like, they have a bunch of games and Hunter Prince is kind of a nerd too. So makes sense. Um, but now this would have been his comeback season with San Francisco, which I'm sad he's not probably won't get because again, we don't have baseball and it doesn't really sound like based on negotiations we're going to, um, but he's just such a fun guy and he like genuinely loves playing baseball and like he has a weird batting stance. He runs really weird. He's a weird human. And, but fun so he's my pick even though I'm sure there are other San Francisco Giants I could have picked but I picked the former Ranger because there were no rules for this there are no rules <laughs> um, so my last one is the Winnipeg Jets and um, I think it's if I was just picking the best player this would be obvious too and I happened to pick the best player because I like him too um, but the Jets this year they were going to have Connor or they were going to have Dustin Bufflin on their team and then he ended up not playing. And so their defense was literally, like, mostly not NHLers. And so if you look at their expected goals and everything, like, they should not have won as many games as they won. And they – maybe you could argue should not have even been in the 2014 playoff with how they played. However, Connor Hellebuck is an absolutely amazing goaltender and, like, stole them a bunch of games. And – I love him, and I am really sad because um, 
if the NHL wasn't stupid and sent their players to the Olympics, he would be Team USA's goalie. And I know Canada is still be the favorite, but USA would be so much more competitive and would have been more competitive in 2018. And I'm hoping we get to send them in 2022 because USA will be more competitive than they have been in the past. So with that, do you have a rant and rave? I haven't thought about mine a lot, but I usually just wing it. Um, I do. Okay. So, so let's start, start with rant. Rant. Um, my rant is a journalism rant because I went to journalism school. I'm not a full-time in journalism, but I'm, I'm still a journalist. I freaking have a journalism degree. I'm going to call myself a journalist. And one thing that I've noticed recently is a lot of uh, people saying, well, they won't show this in the media and da 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 which there are some things I agree. Yeah, the media doesn't show a lot of the good part of protests. I know a lot of broadcast media will show looters, rioters, the, par- the, the bad part that's a small percentage of what happens at protests. But my rant is more of if you're not seeing the good parts in the media, you're watching the wrong media. And unfortunately broadcast media gets wrapped up in the 24-hour news cycle so a lot of them are focused on more of entertainment aspect and they're more likely to get a reaction out of people if it's negative or makes people angry and I get journalism major but I don't watch broadcast news because a it triggers my anxiety a lot of the time and b again 24-hour news cycle entertainment so my rant is also like a recommendation to follow more print news because they're not caught up in a 24-hour news cycle, even though they have digital media and stuff. Um, but like the Dallas Morning News is doing a phenomenal job of covering the protests um, and even holding the Dallas PD accountable because there was a whole thing earlier this week um, about uh, how... Dallas PD was handling peaceful protests. So that, the Texas Tribune, ProPublica, all those kind of organizations are very, I think, good follows. I think also don't focus so much on like outlets. Follow like specific journalists that are actually out there covering things. Because if you're just focusing on like ABC News or Fox News or CNN, of course, everyone's biased. But also unbiased media doesn't mean they're just telling you what you want to hear. Like Mm -hmm. being unbiased also means that sometimes you have to hear things you don't agree with because that like. And I will also say, I think every, everyone has a bias. So the way you get unbiased media is by consuming a lot of good quality from different people who have different perspectives. And like fact check, because like there are a lot of people who like watch ABC news for let's say, and just take everything what they say for truth. But sometimes you have to look at other media outlets to see if they're saying the same thing and like covering it the same way. Also, there's only one side to be on as far as racism, and that's being yeah. anti-racist. That should be the only take. And I will say, I think sometimes it's it's more of a tendency with broadcast news where you get 
people confuse opinion segments of broadcast yes. news as the news. And right. I think it's it's clearer in print because this is the yes. opinion section. But even right. sometimes people take like, well, it came from the New York Times. It must be true. And it's like opinion section, like they're acknowledging this is their opinion. You can agree or disagree. But yes. like you have to find the news that you trust to report the facts the best and then take the facts and form your opinions based on that. And like listen to other opinions, of course, but don't take opinions as facts. Exactly. And again, I'm not trying to like bash the broadcast news because I went to journalism school recently and I have a lot of friends who are in broadcast news and they're very reliable and trustworthy, but also just make sure you're doing your own fact checking. Like if, if someone says something, you're like, I'm not sure about that. Just confirm it with other news articles, other journalists. Um, so my rant obviously is along a similar lines this week. Um, not about journalism so much, but for the things that are going on, I see a lot of white people speaking about the, like, like, like imagining the experiences of black people. And I think that's a little dangerous. Um, you don't know what it's like for black people to, well, like they always talk about like driving while black and like encountering police and all that goes into that. You will have, you have no way of knowing for sure what that's like. You can hear them, you can listen to their descriptions, but you don't know. And so don't add anything to what they say besides like, I'm so sorry, like, what can I do? Like, listen and ask questions, but it's not yours to comment on because it's not your experience. And I've had similar experiences like when I talk about like, being a woman in the workplace and some of like the subtle sexisms you face and guys talk about it and it's like well of course it's easy for you like people don't think if you're not a hundred percent smiley all the time you're a horrible person who's like angry and just emotional like it's a different experience so like let them have that space to talk and don't talk over them so that's my rant and I will say to go along with that there's this really great piece in The Athletic that's like about baseball, that's a round table with three former players, because they're more honest, who are all black. And it's unlocked, it's not on paywall, and they all share experiences. And I think it's very eye-opening for white people. Like you get a lot of detail about what it's like for them. Yeah, and I think that also goes with like my rave. There have been, uh, Delino DeShields is, uh, a black baseball player. He formerly was with the Rangers, got traded to Cleveland, and he has been one of the most outspoken players um, right now, and he's shared a lot of his stories um, recently, both on Instagram and Twitter, um, and I think it's important to see, obviously, um, and I, I genuinely like seeing him. I feel it's unfortunate that his stories are being asked now because of what's going on, not like all of the time. Um, but again, important to listen and learn. Um, another sidebar to the rave is like, if you don't think that media is showing the happy parts um, on Instagram, there's a, uh, it's called Good News Movement, and then there's also Upworthy, I think is what it's called. Um, they all show, like, good, positive news, um, which I follow because, again, news gives me anxiety, and that's, like, a place to, like, see happy and, like, be positive and, like, 
if you need a dose of like just positivity and like feel good moments because there are a lot of them out there even the protest in and of itself is like a feel good moment like the good news movement has a lot of uh uh stuff on there as far as like you see all the protests you see like the people who are cleaning up after it people who bring water and face masks to the protesters um and all those those little tidbits of fun so i highly recommend following those two on instagram i think they also have a twitter as well but um those have been my favorite things to see mixed in with like the educational tools on instagram um so my rave is just and obviously like i said I am not speaking for black people. I am not black. I have, like, they may have a different perspective than me in this. They probably do. But just something that I've noticed is it seems to me like I have seen, it seems like society is going somewhere positive. Not necessarily that the police are. I think the police, there is so much room to go on that. But I think in Ferguson and when things like that were happening, like, all lives matter was really a thing and like it was like a real big conflict and even just there's so there's black lives matter there was all lives matter and then i think most people sat in the i'm just not saying anything Mm -hmm. and i think the thing that has been reassuring to me is when i've seen this now even if people aren't protesting a lot of people who just flat out didn't say anything the last time are posting things now and saying black lives matter and it seems like you're way, way, way in the minority if you say all lives matter. It seems like most everyone understands now what Black Lives Matter means mm-hmm. and agrees with why we say that. And so it's like, I feel like we're getting somewhere. It's moving way too slow. It obviously needs to move faster and there's still so much injustice, but it just, I think it is important to recognize where we were and where we are now. Yeah, it definitely feels like this week and hopefully future weeks and months and like this momentum this is just like building momentum to keep going and not just it doesn't feel like it's just going to be like this week and then next week we'll just forget about it it really feels like there is more people that are trying to help the progression of it and I will also say so from like the police perspective like I kind of hate the not all cops movement because I think there's a lot of institutional problems with policing Mm -hmm. in the U.S. but I think you see these like individuals who are like reforming from the inside and so I've seen it on um, Dateline when there's a cop who specializes in like interrogation techniques to get the truth and he'll watch these ones where they're clearly just like pressuring and creating conditions for a false confession just to like be done with this interrogation and the guy's like visibly cringing and like this is like I could tell you like 10 different things they're doing that could get lies because this person is just so overwhelmed with how much pressure Mm -hmm. they're putting on them and one I saw today that like really did my heart good is a guy who does a lot of lectures and is considered like an expert on use of force and he was commenting on the video and he was saying that first of all someone who is on the ground in handcuffs there is no justification for use of force like that that's like very black and white nothing is legitimate even if you would say that putting your knee on someone's neck is an okay use of force it's not okay in that situation because there's no situation but then he also said 
putting your knee on someone's neck is literally never something we say as a use of force. And so I just thought it was really good to hear like from a more like technique perspective of like someone who's saying, this isn't how you do anything. Like this doesn't, like even if you don't give one iota about Black Lives Matter, which there's something wrong with you, but like this was done incorrectly. Right. And, and I thought that that was like, that's an important thing people need to hear. Mm-hmm. It's like, obviously this fits into a larger narrative of a societal problem, but you also have to know what happened in this case and just how messed up it was. It was so incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. So that ended up becoming a rant, but <laughs> I like hearing those voices. Yes. So. Agreed. Um, so with that, I think we had a really long episode this week, we, so we had a lot to talk about. Um, we will see you all next week. Not sure what we're going to do. We'll find out. Um, and talk to you later. Have a good week, everyone. Bye, guys.